clear-eyed, we can understand that there will be war and still strive for peace. We can do that, for that is the story of human progress. That's the hope of all the world. And at this moment of challenge, that must be our work here on Earth. Thank you very much. Uh, we in the weeds and it's something phenomenal. Made a great point, bring it back like a rendezvous. Tell you the truth, never lie, cause I honor you. Give you hot takes so you can run and tell your mama too. Educate, never late, coordinate. When it come to making arguments, there's always more to make. I'll give it to you straight and then I'll put it on your feed. On a slow news day, we can give you what you need. On a slow news day, we can give you what you need. On a slow news day, we can give you what you need. Welcome, welcome, thank you. You are now in the weeds with me, Kevin Ejoma. All right, um, we are brought to you by What You Expect, of course. That's W-Y-E-X-P-E-C-T dot com. Uh, feel free to check us out. We have a whole selection of podcasts, stories, think pieces, all that. Um, covering everything and all things the culture, right? And for those that need to know, they already know what I mean. So definitely check that out. Um, it's, uh, it's something you got to bookmark, make sure you checking it out every day. Why follow complex and all that, all that jazz. Oh, my white folk covering black people stuff, man. Come on. Come on. No, I'm just playing y'all, but check it out. What do you expect? Um, of course, thank you so much for joining me. All right. Um, this is the inaugural episode of in the weeds. And if you haven't noticed by now, this ain't pulled the pin. It's not. It's the same RSS feed. It's the same dude. It's me. It's not pull the pin. It's a rebrand. Y'all know what rebrands are, right? Right? <laughs> it's a rebrand. So for all intents and purposes, I need y'all to come with me on this journey. Okay? Just close your eyes. Put the blindfold on. Like bird box. Come with me. I need y'all to think of this as a new pod say it with me now new pod my previous podcast was called pull the pin the title i don't know if y'all got the joke the title was a wink and a nod at a metaphor for pulling the pin on a grenade kind of like the way i like to you know instigate discourse y'all know how i get down right um pull the grenade throw it watch things like blow up stand by and be like ooh, ah, you know so, as you can imagine, after January 6th, when the whites stormed the Capitol, right? We, at what you expect, kind of looked at each other like, I don't know about this so much. You know, and I'm out here trying to get sponsorships. <laughs> so, um, you know what doesn't go well with sponsorships? Um, you know, metaphors for violence. So... Changed the type. I changed the title, but I also wanted to change the type of podcast it was. I want In the Weeds to be a different type of forum. We're gonna be recording our interviews and putting them up on the What You Expect YouTube channel. It's gonna be a lot more collaborative. Um, so be sure to check that out in the show notes. I'm gonna have the link in there at some point. I also plan to dive into a much 
wider range of topics, much wider. I know what you guys are used to. It was pretty wide already. I'm opening it up. Usually, I tried to stick to current events, things that were relevant to y'all. No, 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 no. Everyone is doing things that are relevant to y'all, okay? And it's still gonna be relevant to y'all. Y'all are my audience. I don't wanna exist without my audience, but I wanna try to, um, I wanna kind of try to curate more, okay? I want to give y'all insight to some things that I think are interesting, and maybe you will too, right? Because you find some of the things that I find interesting, interesting. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here on this podcast, right? So I'm gonna put more trust in y'all that you guys came here for the right reasons, and I'm going to try to give y'all some really interesting things to listen in on. So I believe that's gonna lead me to be more engaged right with all the different th- uh, well, all the other different things i got going on i think it's really important that i'm engaged and ultimately that should help me um be able to get y'all better interviews and better content and that's kind of the whole point right so um speaking of interviews and content this week in particular because it's the first week right <laughs> it could easily be all downhill from here but because it's the first week i was able to flex some muscle and get y'all a really, really great guest to kick things off on in the weeds. Um, my good friend, uh, my great friend, my brother, somebody who I really, really do consider, um, as close as someone you can consider family, right? Um, NFL linebacker, Brandon Copeland, he's going to be joining me, uh, to discuss his journey from Penn to the NFL. Uh, he's going to be discussing how he's dealt with success, how he's overcome failures along the way. Uh, we also get to dive into some of his passions off the field, including uh, the nonprofit he runs with his wife, Taylor, uh, his, CNBC, his CNBC spots that are getting all too familiar <laughs> at this point. You know what I mean? Shout out to his agent, by the way. Shout out to his agent because he's obviously doing some great work. But also, we're going to talk about Life 101. That's his online financial literacy program that, of course, Brandon himself teaches because this dude has all the time in the world. <laughs> I'm playing. He doesn't. Um, somehow he found time to sit down with me and what you expect. So we got all that for you this week to kick things off on In The Weeds. Check it out. All right, folks. Um, I, I would like to welcome a good friend of mine, a real good friend of mine, former teammate, three-time Ivy League champion, and uh, some, someone I consider my brother, uh, NFL free agent Brandon Copeland. What's going on, Cope? Can't complain, brother. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. I, I really appreciate you taking some time to hop on uh, the inaugural episode of In the Weeds. Uh, much, much appreciated. We, um, you know, I, I had pulled the pen um, and I, I took a couple months because I wanted to reset. I wanted a little bit more freedom to talk about the things that I wanted to talk about. And um, the first person I wanted to talk to was you. Um, you know, I've been hounding you for a couple months to try to get you on. So I appreciate it. Um, I, I do know you're a busy guy. I'm not going to take too much of your time. I want to jump right into it. All right. So the, the, the first thing I wanted to talk about was um, your journey, uh, particularly your journey uh, to the Ivy League and then your journey to the NFL, to the pros. Um, now, some people might know that, you know, your grandfather was Roy Hinton. Uh, he played for the Baltimore Colts uh, back in the 60s and 70s, um, your home to- hometown franchise, of course. And, um, and and then you went to Gilman School. Gilman's a powerhouse. Um, I think it might still be a powerhouse, but at least when you were there, they're one of the top teams in the country. So folks read that and they might think that, oh, this dude, you know, he had access to the best coaches. Uh, he, he got the genes. 
Um, he was always going to go to the NFL. Like, you know, what's a big deal? Uh, but we know that's not, that wasn't always the case. Um, at, at what point did you know that you were uh, a D1 college football player? Good question, man. I think, uh, you know, shout out, you know, I appreciate you shouting out my granddad, Roy Hilton. He, uh, I think he, he instilled it in me early, um, that I had an opportunity to, to go to the league. And, and, and one of the things he always impressed upon me was that you, you, you got to keep working hard though, right? Like you're, you're not there yet. You, you, you have the potential to make it, but you got to keep working and if you keep working and pair that with potential, then you can be really good one day. So um, I'd say I always had an inkling in my mind in terms of like later on in high school, literally my senior year, it was like, OK, like I feel like I have the ability to go there uh, to the league. But that's not necessarily my dream um, because I was extremely afraid of banking on the NFL and it not happening. Me getting injured, me getting hurt, me not being good enough, and then being one of those people and players who, you know, your life is crushed at that point. So I, I really knew I wanted to use football as a means to an end, went to Penn. And I think by the end of my sophomore season, um, actually, Owen Thomas, uh, shout out to, to OT, RIP to the, to, to the legend, man. Um, you know, I remember after a game, we played Lafayette. No, we played Villanova the next game. And, you know, it was my sophomore. Uh, no, that was my freshman season. And I remember having a decent game against them. And I remember, uh, you know, him coming to me and saying, hey, Cope, like, I just think that you, you can play in the league. Like, you got some crazy talent. And... Fast forward a year later, it was my sophomore season. And, you know, Owen, for those who don't know, Owen, he he was one of the first documented cases of CTE, uh, unfortunately committed suicide uh, that the spring going into our sophomore season. But uh, I remember going out and just playing free and and just balling. And I, I remember it just came so easy. You know, I worked hard, but like the the <laughs> the instincts on the football field are what you know it just came naturally to me right and I think that after that season having that success is when in my mind it was like okay I am comfortable saying I'm working yeah. for this you, you weren't you weren't embarrassed um, about yeah, saying so. like you're trying to go NFL um in the Ivy League when a lot of other dudes on the team aren't won't say that out loud you know or they might even snicker yeah yeah, exactly. I mean, I think like you just said, the, the biggest thing was the, the snicker, right? Like um, J. Cole, my favorite rapper, you know, one of the things he says in the song, too deep for the intro, the very last line he says is if, if they don't know your dreams, then they can't shoot them down. And I always just felt that like, all right, well, like, you know, this might not be the time to to share my stuff and just kind of take little comments and remarks and and let people chip away at it and finally by the end of sophomore season even though you know that was my dream it wasn't that I was like I mean you remember coming onto the team it wasn't like I was saying hey I'm going to the league I'm going to the league it was more of like in my mind I'm working for it but I'm just I'm just you don't get to the league without being good today right as a sophomore as a junior as a I think that's what a lot of people unfortunately um you know one of the coach safe uh he was our d-line coach 
he gave, we came back our sophomore year, we were going for that back-to-back championship. And in the summer, he said, a lot of people miss out on the journey because they're so stuck staring at the finish line. Well, if you keep staring at the finish line, you trip over that rock in front of you because you're so yeah. focused on that line. And so I always took that into account. Like I knew the NFL was there, that's the finish line, but you don't get there unless you do the right things today and do the right things the next day and just keep stacking good days. As Absolutely. Said. You know, it's funny you say that because, um, you know, I don't, I don't think you and I have even talked about it. Um, maybe once or twice, maybe. Um, but the whole mm-hmm. time we played together, I don't remember ever talking to you about the NFL, but it's funny you, you mentioned that because my next question was, okay, like, it seems that you knew pretty, pretty early on that you was a college level player. At what point did you know, I guess, or, you know, feel confident that you were a professional? Was it that sophomore year? Yeah, yeah, I think we played Villanova that, that year and they had Ben Ejelana, who um, I've actually been a teammate of Ben in New York with the Jets and, and Ben was projected to be a second round draft pick or something like that and he was just all everything. And I remember going up against him and I remember, you know, Everybody talking them up. Villanova was the number one team in the nation the year before. And I had sprained my MCL or something like that. And I remember right before the game, you know, everybody been hyping it up. Kobe, you got to go against them. All these things. And um, I remember they trying to give me a knee brace before the game. And I'm like, man, this dude's supposed to be all world. And you just putting a big cut me here sign, right? Like you just putting a big like, hey, attack <laughs> here. This is my weakness. I'm like, man, get me out of this thing, right? I remember taping it up and just saying, like, we just going to just go. And I, I didn't – I remember just having a game, right? Like, I mean, spinning on them. It couldn't block me, all these things. Like, and, it, and for me, again, it was like, okay, this is a projected first, second-round draft pick. If, if I can go like this on him – I can do that to anybody. And I think that, you know, you you have those moments throughout your whole career. I remember all-star games in high school, you know, you're going against that kid exactly. from Ohio State, Penn State, all these things, and and balling. I mean, every time I'm I'm faced with those types of of uh pivotal moments in my career, I've found a way to uh to rise. And that's not like a braggadocious thing it's just that's I mean, just how that's the only reason why that's I was I'm gonna here. say it's not you're not bragging I mean you wouldn't be where you're at if that wasn't the case yeah um yeah. but but naturally there are also moments of self-doubt I'd imagine mm-hmm. um oh, time God. times where you question yourself and question your abilities to make it um at, at what point would you say was um a point where you question yourself the most Man, I, all, all the time. I question myself to this day. I think that, you know, there's a video I used to watch before games in, in college, actually. It's a Mike Tyson highlight reel, and, and he talks about how he's just in, all in training. I've envisioned this guy beating me. I'm I'm beating him. I, I mean, he he's can beat me. He can beat me. I'm afraid of him. I'm afraid of him. I'm afraid of him. It, I'm afraid. I'm so afraid that he's going to beat me for the first time. And, oh, man. So that's what pushes him to train, train, train that feel, fear of failure. When I walk into the ring, he literally says, I'm a god. Right. Like I'm untouchable. I'm unstoppable. Right. And I think that for me, that's literally I literally used to watch those every that video every game before college. And it just reminded me how I was nervous before every game, nervous in preparation. But that nerves, those nerves pushed me to train and prepare uh, to 
to be successful in the moment. So yeah, you, you, you use self-doubt to, to push you. 100%. And I don't think I use it, right? Like, I don't think I can consciously turn it off. Well, no, I can consciously turn it off now. Uh, but like, it's just a natural, like even today, I trained this morning going into my ninth season in the NFL and I'm still wearing, am I too, am I a little too out of shape right now? Should I be in better shape? I look at my pictures from years ago this time and I'm in the same exact shape, right? Like it's, it's, <laughs> I'm in a great position, but, but naturally it just that there's always that fear of like, did I do enough reps? Did I do, ha have I done enough? Have I ran enough sprints? Am I in shape? But that's what keeps me to go more and more and more and more and more. And then when I do step on the field, it's like, no one's outworked me. I gotta, you, let's, let's do this. I think to answer your question directly, however, what the difference between me now, and when I say now, for those who don't know my story, my first two years were roller coaster rides and second year cut, you're not good enough after the second week, sat out the rest of the season. Not you were back at out. Penn. You were back at Penn that year. Exactly. You know, ha hanging out. <laughs> yep. Not, not even, not sat out voluntarily sat out involuntarily because hey you're just not good enough for this league kid and the difference between the doubt that I had then versus the doubt that I have now the doubt that I have now is in preparation and in preparation only it pushes me to to train my tail off I still had that same doubt in preparation before then. However, that same doubt carried over onto the field. So even before the snap, before the play, I was that Ivy League guy wondering if I could cover Jacoby Jones, wondering if I could cover Rob Gronkowski, wondering if I could hold up this block because I hadn't been tested like that in the Ivy League, right? And that is that, what I guess if anybody takes anything from this, that is that self-doubt that is negative and can detract from your art because you can't have self-doubt in the moment, right? Like you can use it as a tool, but when you are in that moment or what's worked for me, when I'm in that moment, I'm Superman, right? Like I've trained for this, who line them up right now, line up Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf. I know some people are listening like, whoa, yo, you tripping. I will strap them. And I believe that wholeheartedly. And it, it's, I'm going to use my tools. I'm going to use my strengths. I'm going to try to, to, to eliminate all weaknesses and we're going to make it happen. But for me, it's literally one play at a time, get the job done, reset, boom, boom, boom. All right. What's this play? What's the challenge now? get the job done, reset, and just keep repeating that till you get to the end of the game and, and hope you, you, you've done well. You know, that, that's very interesting. Um, <laughs> DK Metcalf. I, I mean, I believe in you Cope, but you know, <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, no, but let me, let me, let me rewind you real quick. Cause something I had taken note of is you talked a little bit about the setbacks and um, for me, you know, even though we all love football, I don't want to get too in the weeds um, about about the football stuff. Right. Um, we could talk about that. I want to I want to know a little bit about some of the some of the lessons and some of the intangible things. So I'm um, going to the setbacks. Um, of course, you've been cut. You've been told you're not good enough. Um, you've had injuries. You've torn your pec twice. Um, you had a suspension um, right when you was getting your feet in the league. I know that was that was that was um, heartbreaking for a lot of us. Mm -hmm. um, what are some of the things that you've been able to glean from those setbacks? Um, you know, aside from we talked about doubt, but, you know, on the rebound, you know, what, what's some of the first things you tell yourself when 
you know your dream is um you know is is slipping out of your fingertips yes great great question so I truly believe that everything happens for a reason. And a, a lot of people say they believe that, but when negative things happen, they, uh, oh, why, why, why me, why me, right? As opposed to like, this sucks. Definitely, you know, you need that time period to kind of drown out your sorrows, so to speak, and do what you need to do to cope. But you got to get through that and understand that this is happening for a reason and for a purpose. So whether it is a torn peck, in the middle of the season when things are going well or a torn peck the day after you've been finally proclaimed the starter or a, a bullshit suspension that you don't believe that you deserve and, and have fought your tail off to make sure that people know um, that that you're wrongfully, you know, uh, accused of those things and all of that type of stuff. Right. Like regardless of it, it all happens for a reason. So my cho- my choice has always been to lean into those things and find ways to be a better person coming out of them. A lot of people just kind of allow that, that what was me period to last a little too long. Yeah. Right? Again, I think you need it. You got to take those days that week, whatever it may be to kind of just reset and like, man, recalibrate your mind. I was just on top of the world and now I'm having surgery again. Man, I was just on top of the world. And now I'm they talking about suspension. The same day I got I, they released the suspension after going back and forth in court and trying to fight it with the appeal process. It was, I broke my hand. A lot of people don't even know that. It got outshadowed by the suspension. I I broke my wrist the same day. I don't even know if you can see the the no, nah, I can see it. I can see it. I never heard of that. Yeah, but but literally, so the, the day the doc was literally putting the joint back into sorry it's, it's a little ugly right here but yeah the day <laughs> i see the scar doc, yeah doc was putting it back into it get the 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 email and the espn ticker so regardless of it though right i choose to find a way to lean into it and become come a a, a stronger individual because again i you can't claim that the good stuff is only purposed or or only purposeful or only by design and not think that the negative stuff is it right? Um, a lot of the best things that have happened in my life have come as a result of during some of those periods, whether it be something as simple as my wife and I traveling the world together or me starting a six figure real estate business. Right. The first time I tore my peck, I started a six figure real estate business while being done. Right. If if. I'm not injured and sitting through that process in that home board looking for something and that may never happen. And I may never be, uh, we just got some good news that we got a 66 unit building uh, that just got approved today for, for Newark, New Jersey, right? Um, we got a Newark stand up 40 unit, right? Like, again, like those things may never happen in 2021 if I don't go through that negative stuff in 2017. But more importantly, I know for damn sure those things don't happen if I don't lean into that. So that's the biggest thing difference with me. The biggest thing I've learned is just lean into that stuff, right? Like you're in it for a reason and really believe that doesn't mean you'll always know and understand exactly why, right? Like I I took this year on field goal block. What? (laughs) Why? Like how, right? Same same pack? Patriots. No, the other one, right? Like how does this happen? And, And, but ultimately, Hey, it, it is what it is. We dust our shoulders off and figure it out. It is what it is. It is what it is. And what a lot of people don't realize is that with the platform that you have, um, with all the positive, there comes negative, right? Um, 
one of the interesting things, uh, and I always find it funny that I even know you, um, because there is not a lot of, there's no secret, there's not a lot of Ivy League athletes in the NFL, right? Um, and most of them are white. I think you might be the, are you the only black Ivy League athlete in the NFL right now? Uh, I know Karan Reed. Oh yeah, Karan Reed. I think he was with the Jaguars this year. Okay. Um, but that's a very good question right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I think if you're not the only one, you might be one of two. And with yeah. that, right, um, with that platform comes some positives and negatives and some responsibility, I'd imagine. Um how, how do you think being that being that representative, right? Because that's what you are. Like I I've told you that pretty early on. No pressure, but I told you that early on. Like, you know, I'm vicariously living through you because there's not a lot of other dudes that um, traveled the past we traveled and made it to the NFL. Um, what kind of responsibility do you think um, being the the football player from the Ivy League, the black football player from the Ivy League, and um, what responsibilities have come with that, both welcome and unwelcome? Yeah, no, I think you, you, I'm fortunate because I, the pressure I put on myself or the goals, I won't even say the pressure I put on myself, but the goals that I have for myself are so, yeah. right? Like so far beyond what anyone else can put on me, right? So naturally for me, it, it just works out because, you know, I naturally just embody what a lot of people want to see in this world, which, you know, I'm blessed in that regard. I think what I try not to do is I try to make sure that I'm authentically living the dream the way I want to live it. And um, I think with that, that is where I've won, if that makes sense, right? Like, I think that there are a lot of people who feel that pressure, get those badges, get those titles, and even being a Black solo captain at Penn, right? There was a lot of, I've, that was the first time I think I really felt the pressure of like, I cannot mess this up, right? Because now everybody's looking at me, not only as a solo captain, but also a black solo captain. So I can't get in trouble here. I can't do anything else because it's gonna mess it up for you. It's gonna mess up for other guys coming behind me, right? And then that was actually probably a really good test because now as I've come into the league, I don't even think about it like that. It's not that I'm not proud of being a black man in America, it's more of I'm just hustling and I'm just working and I'm just putting it together and I'm just trying to help my people. I'm just trying to build the community. But I, I make sure that, especially in today's day and age where I feel some of us get lost in putting on a show to act like we are in the struggle or with the, the movements, in society or with the protest, whatever it may be, right? I've made sure to maintain, I'm going to do what I want and actually act on the things that I really care about. And I, I wanna make sure I dive into that really quick. Like there are a lot of people who asked me originally, like, hey, are you gonna take a knee, right? Like, oh yeah, I mean, I could, I don't mind taking a knee, but like, that's just not my, protest right like that's it's not my it's not that that's not my protest that's not my way of handling business and doing work in the community it's nothing that I have against it but that's 
that's his show, right? Like that's the way that's his show against what he's trying to speak out for. Yeah. For me, I, I have a football camp where we take 400 kids and I feed them. I get them book bags. I do. You, you see what I'm saying? So like for me, I have my own things that I'm doing It's again, it means we can collaborate. We can bring people together like this, 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 uh, Christmas, we did. Yeah, I love that you talk. Love that you're going into that. Yeah. yeah, I brought 19 NFL players together, and we gave over 160 grand away to people over 200 families in 19 different states. Right, like, so I think what I've what I've learned. Sorry, this is a very long winded answer. What I've oh. learned is I always have to be me, and I always have to continue to pull people up the ladder with me as I climb, but do it in my way. Yeah, because I think that a lot of people get lost in let me let me put a show on performative. How I'm doing exactly right, and again, it's nothing wrong with it. well, yeah, there is something wrong with that. There is something but, wrong. There is something wrong. <laughs> for me. It's like let's see the action behind it, and and it's not to knock anybody who's you know like let me just show a movement or this is my way this is my stance to show it on social media or whatever yeah again yeah. there's a lot of people who i'm sure wish i said a lot more stuff on social media right like i know that sometimes i'm literally at my phone like man should i say this or should i should i repost this should i reshare this but i have to really think like is this is me reposting someone else's words or if me saying this actually doing or getting accomplished what Brandon Copeland wants to get accomplished today. And I think that's the more important thing for people to take into account. And that's, you know, regardless of your opinion, whether right or wrong, you know, we'll see in the long run. But again, I think that the people that I've actually helped, I've actually fed, I've actually given gifts to, I've actually provided Christmases to, right? <laughs> like, like, I think that they know where my heart is, you know? You know, and I don't, I'm not mad at that answer because unwittingly by you, you went right into where I was, where I was thinking, because you mentioned some of the other things that you were doing that, um, you know, that you felt weren't performative, right? And I always tell people as a side note is you either going to perform or inform, right? You know, and very, you know, sometimes you can find the happy medium, but, you know, uh, if you're trying to effectuate change more times than not, you got to inform, right? And something that you that you touched on was some of the things that you're doing off the field and you jumped right into it, but you kind of didn't want to go into that. But that's exactly what I want to go into um, beyond the basics. Um, so since the first year, so your first year in NFL, um, I remember like it was yesterday because my first thought was like, yo, this dude barely made the team. And, and he got a camp and he got dudes coming to the camp. It was, a, it was a bunch of like DMV type dudes, but you had some dudes coming to the camp and it was free. I'm like, where's he getting the money? Like, <laughs> you know, he had, he had the free camp for the kids. And I know since then it's blossomed and grown into you guys doing some really cool initiatives that aren't just for the kids looking to play football. Yeah. Um, you touched on it this past December, uh, beyond the basics. Um, I, I don't want to step on it. What 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 you guys do this past December, and um, what are some of the things that you guys are doing now? Yeah, what we like to try to do in in terms of so first and you know backtracking a little bit, I think you know what we my wife and I, my wife Taylor and I, we started uh, Beyond the Basis Inc. a few years ago, and and it really was to help young people realize their full potential. Uh, it, we I'm not special. 
I work hard as hell. That's what I'm special at doing or having the ability to do. But other than that, I'm just fortunate to have had people in my life who said, hey, you can do this. Hey, look at this. Hey, look at this school. This is a possibility to you. So now I know what to put my hard work towards. So we wanted to do that for children. Um, along that road, we, we have found that there are a lot of foundations who kind of get handcuffed by their mission. So if they want to do, their mission says they want to do X, but they see a need over here and why they feel like they can't work in Y. Again, as I said earlier, I'm Brandon Copeland. I want to do X. I damn sure ain't spending my time working hard, putting my face to things, trying to build these things up bigger than just the average to be told that, hey, you can only play in this box. If I wanna go help feed them people over there, I'm gonna go help feed them people over there, period, right? And so that's how we've, we've grown. We started with the football camp, as you said, uh, and I think that's what we've done differently than other people is we've maximized the platform, used the network, used the connections, and then also been willing to learn and grow and using the pen education um, to figure out how do we do this better and smarter? I think, you know, as you said, I knew that I want to give, I know that I want to give back long beyond my playing years. And, you know, there was a time where you didn't think, didn't think we'd be sitting here before year nine, right? <laughs> so year nine, man, yeah. that's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. So is it was like, how do we do this bigger, better, and really impactful so that anybody who's involved with this camp says, hey, I want to come back. I want to support more. I want to do more next year. So what we did this December, for for example, um, we we always try to take people. We call it a December to remember. We always try to typically we take kids to Target, and we sit down, give them a pizza party, and then we take them shopping, give them two hundred dollars shopping sprees. Last year, we tried to get friends around the league to do this in their cities, their team cities as well. So you're surprising a bunch of kids. We took over 300 kids shopping, gave them all 200 bucks a piece last year. It's like 320 kids or so. Uh, this year with the pandemic, we had to go virtual, uh, but we wanted to just take on uh, the families, right? I didn't want to give children, you know, we thought through it, didn't want to just give a child a $200 gift card and, you know, half of it gets spent, half of it gets lost. So we really tried to- And their family's struggling. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, or they just buy a bunch of games when they might need food, right? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah. So we we tried to find families- uh, what well, we found families, we work with 19 players across the league uh, over, I want to say, across 13 different NFL teams, uh, gave over, gave $800 Amazon shopping sprees to over 200 families uh, across the country. And again, just leveraged not only the platform, but also just the will to collaborate. I think that's the biggest thing is like, it wasn't about when we do things it's not about beyond the basics. It's not about me doing it. Now, you will see us doing media and marketing for these things. And I grew up thinking you should not be doing that stuff. You should not be giving and then taking a photo like, hey, look what I did, right? But what I also realized is getting the ego out the way, it's not about me. It's not about the marketing. Of, and, and it's not, hey, look what I did, right? It's more of 
if we're able to do that and amplify and show these things, there are a lot of other people in the world who see that and say, hey, how can I help next year? How can I donate money? We can help this. And so we've realized that by doing that, that is how we've grown exponentially over the last few years. And ultimately we help more people, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. If years ago and not shared it at all, we'd still be taking 40 kids shopping at Target, right? Now we've been able to, again, expand nationwide. And, and again, it's because we've been able to get out of our own way. And also we got people like yourself, right? Like who are willing to come and donate time, donate energy, donate effort, right? And that, you know, when you're good to people, they, they end up being great to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you mentioned it. People ask you, how do they donate? How does someone want to donate to your organization? Yeah, go to brandoncopeland.com. Go to Beyond the Basics uh, tab. There's a Beyond the Basics tab there. And you can see all the things that we're doing and uh, uh, option to support. I definitely appreciate that. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, I wanted to make sure we did that. And uh, I'm going to make sure I have that link in the show notes for y'all. If you guys want to uh, make a donation and help out some kids, especially during what is a very difficult time in American history, definitely um, check that out. Um, something else that you're doing that um, that's obviously gotten a lot of um, media attention because of your background um, as an Ivy League athlete is your interest in spreading financial literacy, right? Um, you're, you're one of the more pervasive names um, when um, when media, ESPN, CNBC, when they're looking for athletes that are doing smart things with their money um, and they want to spotlight them, you're one of the first names to come up. Um, what exactly... I know what you're doing, but what exactly are you doing um, with that? And what does it mean to you to be in a position to share financial knowledge? I'm in, I'm in a very similar position um, and with my job with JP Morgan. What does it feel like to be able to provide knowledge to not only black athletes, but just the black community in general, folks that might not have access to that information? Yeah, the democratizing financial education, right? It's really democratizing information and just trying to, 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 give everyone an equal opportunity to access, right? Um, I've realized that when I came into the league, I got a lot more friends. I got a lot more investment deal offers. I got a lot more um, tax strategy offers, some people for good, some for bad. But ultimately it was just like, well, why the hell wasn't I, why didn't you tell me about this last year? Right. Why'd you, why'd you, why'd you wait till I was rich? Exactly. Exactly. You know? And the thing is I wasn't even rich, right? Like yeah. I wasn't even able to take advantage of, of these things that they were offering me. They just assumed I was cause I was wearing a Jersey. Right. But ultimately I, when I came out of Penn, I was signed to a three year, $1.45 million deal. I saw 26,000 of those dollars before being cut my first time. Right. So it's just like, I really wanted to make sure that as I climb the ladder, you know, I think that it's, I just wanted to share the information that I was getting access to, you know, it's not, it, it's come a very long way in terms of what we're doing at Life 101, um, in terms of the curriculum we've actually built, right, and doing it at not only Penn, but then now opening it up to everybody. Uh, but, but originally, it just started as like, I have access to this or you guys are telling me this like I want my mom to know about this stuff like I want my brother to know about this stuff and now how do I make sure it also expands 
beyond them. Because what I'd find too is like we get information and it's hard enough for us to learn these things and implement it in our own lives. But then like it's not, it's not a, what, what do they call a, the the it's not dinner table talk so to speak where you yeah no no one wants to talk money yeah it's hard it's hard start talking about your investment portfolio or what you do with your your high yield savings account or cryptocurrency or any of that stuff right like nobody's trying to talk about that at the dinner table so white folk do (laughs) so (laughs) so now it's about how do we make sure that anyone who wants to have access to this information does and what Life 101 is, it's literally all the things we should be learning in schools, all the things we deal with in life, uh, how to buy a house, your credit, budgeting, investing, retirement, investing, uh, wills and estates, insurance, good versus bad debt, all these different things that people have talked about and just assume that we know them or we'll fi- figure it out, right? Like, why the hell aren't we learning that stuff in school? I had a, I refinanced a, a, one of my real estate projects a couple months, well, no, we started to refinance a month ago. It just closed last Friday. But first, the stack of papers is like, you know, two inches thick. And you can easily just like, I have, you have no idea what you're looking at, right? I would have been charged. I went through the closing disclosure because I do real estate. I go, go through the closing disclosure and I'm looking at the numbers and I'm like, hey, like y'all charging me an extra $1,682 here. Yeah, I saw that. You, you I was talking started, about that. Yeah, I'm like, hold up, over here, like, y'all talking about home appraisal. We got the appraisal wave. Like, y'all charged me an extra $495 here. But let me look at that. Oh, oh, you know what, Mr. Copeland? You're, you're right. Yeah, we'll, we'll remove that. They send it again two weeks later, and the stuff is still in there, right? <laughs> like, and, and if I sign on the dotted line, I promise you, we're never going to come back and say, hey, we overcharged you and all these things, right? Like, it doesn't happen that way. So again, I just think that like we all should, this is the stuff we should be prioritizing in our lives. Anybody who wants to come to class, we teach it virtually now. Uh, so you can come to life101.io, www.life101.io. The class is 12 bucks a month charged annually. So literally a whopping $144 per year, but you're getting access to not only me, my the the my team, Literally, I had my accountant come a couple of weeks ago. And ultimately, to be quite honest and blunt, like if you're not willing to invest 12 bucks a month in yourself, you ain't serious about this stuff anyway. Right. Like, so like I understand that it's, you know, again, I'm, I'm a dude from Baltimore. Like I understand it's it's hard for some people. Some of us, we we can't even, you know, scrape that together. And I get that. So we're we're also working on sponsorships where we can help take care of some people for sure. But in the meantime, I also realize like. When you want to hustle, you find a way to put it together. So even you, I'm the type of dude, I'm going to find a way to make it happen. Even if I got to go on the corner and sell a bunch of waters, right? Like I'm going to sell warm tea when it's cold outside, right? Like I'll figure out a way. So again, that's that's my thing is I want to make sure that when we're sitting there in class, we're, we're with people who uh, have invested in themselves. A lot of people think oh, I've never invested before. Well, if you're in my class, like you've already invested in yourself right yeah now exactly. we're gonna build on that right so that's 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 major man exactly and and on that note what is something that you feel um that you wish someone had told you um a little sooner about money and managing your funds tax strategy is everything uh tax yeah tax strategy yep. is everything right like yep people get pissed at at 
Amazon, Trump, all these folks. And I get upset with them as well, right? But you also have to understand, don't hate the player, hate the game, right? And figure out the game and play the game yourself. And that's, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, another, another J. Cole lines, either you play the game or watch the game play you and be that broke MF talking about I stayed true, right? Like, <laughs> that's major right there, right? Tax strategies is has been huge. And I wish that, you know, I knew about that a lot earlier. Um, yeah, absolutely. Because I could have saved a lot more money. Um, and, yeah. And, and yeah, so I, that's huge. Um, but yeah, we, we've I've learned so much. I'm still learning a bunch when it comes to this money thing. Um, you know, I, I definitely was investing early, but I think that, you know, if I had a different investment strategy early, like that long term focus, that long term vision, instead of just trying to get rich quicker, um, I, I'd, I'd be well ahead of where I am now. I spent so much time trying to day trade in and out of certain things. Um, that ultimately <laughs> you definitely have your wins, right? Like, like I'd be a full-time job. Yeah. Full-time but job. It, again, it's a full-time job and it just detracts and distracts you from maximizing what really oh, is God. your full-time job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and then the final thing that I say that I'm learning now, or is like, it's really on my heart, like this week and, and everything like that, uh, is like, don't let business get in the way of doing what you want to do in your art. And it's probably kind of goes along with what I was saying earlier about Brandon Copeland's going to do what he wants to do. I think as you grow and as you level up, you know, I was watching something that uh, Magic Johnson said, you know, as you go up to another level, it's like, well, like these are different conversations. So I'm learning a lot of things for the first time, but like the deals that get my attention have to be on this level or above for me to be excited right yeah and i've let that understanding of business make me slow my actual art form and creation of doing what it is i want to do what actually got me here which was just doing stuff and then saying hey I'm already doing this. If you want to be on it, come on. I'll bring you along for the ride. Go ahead and sponsor it, whatever that may be. As opposed to now, I'm, I I halted because I was more of, let me pitch projects before I do them. But unfortunately for, you know, our community, a lot of people just need to see things over and over and over and over and over again before they really believe that you're real. And so it is what it is. We just keep doing what we do. And then when we when we prove it to you again, <laughs> the price has just risen on your ass. Right. Like yeah, I, yeah. it is what it is. So. Price just went up. You know, it's up. And something to add to um to what you said earlier, just tidbit, because um, you know, I, I'm a registered rep myself. And what I know is the folks that really have wealth in this country what drives a lot of their um, their decisions isn't necessarily uh, getting a return, it's protecting their money, right? And protecting their money from, from, from taxes. Um, so I, I, I second cope in that regard that probably one of the most important things that you can do uh, in the short term is understanding tax strategy and how to protect your money from tax, how to understand those little percentages um, that don't seem like a lot, 1%, 2%, 3%, those make all the difference in the long term. 
Um, and, and a lot of folks don't understand that. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, what, what are some actionable things um, in the short term that some of the listeners who may be receiving a $1,400 stimulus check, um, you know, can do um, to make sure that that stimulus check isn't um, a Mexican stimulus for Tulum and whatnot, right? Like what, what are some of the things that people, some smart things people can do with that $1,400? Yeah, I would say, you know, first and foremost, you know, just going back real quick to the tax strategy, like, you know, like you said, the, these are percentages that you're trying to save when you talk about protecting your money. Like you've already worked hard for it. It is yours. If you can put more work into figuring out how to protect it, there that is power right there. Like, yes, try to cut the phone bill, try to cut the internet bill, try to cut the cable bill, cut off a subscription or two. That is money right there too. We need that. But also if you can cut 1% or say 1% or 2% on your, uh, in terms of like your taxable income, that's, probably going to be bigger than all of those other cuts that you made. Right. So let's one, think about that Two, When we talk about actionable things, one, I would tell first and foremost, uh, again, go to life101.io, go to the resources page. We have a budget there, a free budget tool that anybody can use. Go ahead, make a copy and use it for yourself. Right. But take time to understand your why and your big picture. A lot of people, like you said, they're going to take their money and, and they're going to see their vision will be from the day they get that check till a week from now, next week, two weekends from now. I know somebody that's about to get a tax return and you know they've been struggling the whole year, right? About to get a nice tax return and asking, hey, can I borrow 500 for the weekend? What the hell are you doing? spending 500 <laughs> in a weekend, right? Like, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't yeah. spend don't, 500 don't, in don't, a don't put chat on blast like that. <laughs> no. I'll play, I'll play chat. No, yeah, I'm, I'm with you though. But like, again, like it's like, it's, it's you know, it definitely don't want to call them out or anything like that and make them feel ashamed at, at all. But it, there's a learning curve that needs to happen. Like you got to see beyond the weekend and see like, okay, this is $500. Like, what am I really doing? Am I really about to blow this now? And again, I also realized now with that being said, well, well, let me finish my thought. I'll come back to that. Like, am I really about to blow this 500 now and be stressed the rest of the year or Am I going to take this money and figure out how to stretch it, how to give me a little more breathing room and figure out maybe how to flip it, invest it, whatever, right? Can I use this as a, a head start um, or, or a, a trampoline, a springboard, as opposed to let me see how quickly I can go. I, let me go ahead and have some more, have some fun, right? I think a lot of people look towards the fun, but don't realize like if I just stay down a little bit longer, like a little bit, right? I might be able to have fun for a longer period of time in the future. And that's what, you know, again, that's what, what I, I hope people keep that perspective on. Now, with that being said, I also understand some of us, like we're spending that money on survival things, right? Some of us are back paying certain things to keep the lights on, all of, the, all of that type of stuff. And the money <clears throat> isn't life-changing money. You know, to be yeah. quite honest, it's, right? Like it's fourteen hundred, exactly, right? Like it, it's not, it, it's, it's enough to 
maybe keep you afloat, maybe, right? For some people, it's going to be gone fast, especially once you're spending with kids and, and everything like that, other people in the household. So I do also understand that. And there's a lot of pressure that comes uh, uh, with that. So, you know, again, like I would say, I'm really adamant about it. Like come to class, right? Life101.io. Like it's, this class is for everybody. This isn't no financial guru bullshit where you talking about, hey man, live off of, you know, save 50%, live off of 30, invest 20. Like that doesn't work for everybody. No, <laughs> that don't doesn't. make no sense, right? Like, not, it doesn't. Oh, yeah, like don't give me the BS aspirations. Let's talk to the people in the room. Let's talk to the people. Let's, let's give me, give me advice that I can apply to my actual life, right? So um, that's, that's just what I would say is like, hey, invest in yourself, right? Like I, again, invest in yourself, figure out ways to see beyond where your shoes are today. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, figure out a way to see beyond the basics. That would have been a great, that would have been a great thing. But, but listen, y'all heard it from Cope. When y'all get that stimulus check, go ahead and subscribe to Life 101. That's your actionable <laughs> item right there. Awesome. We had one student, we had one student, we, we talked this past week and, uh, you know, she, she said after doing the budget, after class, doing the budget and walking through it, she called with a couple questions like you get direct access to me right like people are literally texting me my students are texting me questions like we 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 really in this together um she called and she was saying she did based on the budget she cut some subscriptions and certain things and and she's saving 80 bucks per month now that she hopes to be able to take and apply to other things in life right like Exactly. Like the class is already paid for itself. Like I'm happy as a professor, like the class is already paid for itself over and over. And that's not included now the money she's going to make as we teach her how to put that money to work for her. Right. Like, so again, this is, that's why I'm like, this is every, when, when people get in the class, they realize like, Oh, this is, this is different, different, right? Like you got, you got a real NFL player talking to you, teaching you these things. And it's not about my job or my career. It's more about me just, bring it look my accountant's in the room with us right like my financial advisors are in the room with us right ask them your questions put them to work for you like that's what that's what you get with this service so um so yeah i'm i'm proud of it because again like we talked about earlier it's not about a a, a performance it's about like this we informing yeah, exactly. it's not about performing. It's informing, and you know it's funny. I can tell you're passionate about it. It's probably the the most slid up your eyes have been. The entire conversation <laughs> is talking about this, so I can tell. Are you are you involved in politics, Cope? I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I'm I'm. I understand politics, but I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a. Uh, uh, I'm not running for politician anytime. God, God, I would. I wouldn't be loyal to to my listeners if I didn't ask you one politic question. I um as a citizen, right? Not as uh not as a pundit, but what are some things you would like to see from elected leadership moving forward? Transparency, period. Um, you know, I know that there are certain things that politicians like you gotta do. Well, I, I there's certain things that leadership has to do. And sometimes I, you know, I also realize like by trying to inform everything you end up slow and actually solving some stuff. But I think the biggest thing that people should be asking for and calling for is just transparency and a lot of different things, a lot of different processes, right? Um, that's that's the simplest, easiest answer. Um, you know, we'll see if 
if that actually happens or not. But, you know, again, a lot of those people are performing as well, which we've seen over the past, you know, uh, we, we, I mean, we've seen over all, all of our history, all these seen Seen a lot of it the past week too. So yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> exactly. for sure. uh, we, we running up on time. Um, I got one more question for you and I'm gonna let you go. Mm-hmm. Um, how does your body feel? What are your hopes for the season? Good, man. Great. This is, uh, I feel really good. Um, I'm ahead of schedule. This is a six month injury and rehab process. And, and, uh, I went to check in with the, the, the docs the other day and you know they were like hey I'm, a, I'm at three and a half months out and they were like you look like two weeks from now you could play if you needed to I was like feel good <laughs> you know so like literally I'm a couple months ahead of schedule so feeling really good uh for the season I know for me <laughs> this is the biggest season where I am literally excited to just do me and be me um my career has been being able to play multiple positions. And so when you're playing multiple positions, that's why that sounds fun and cool. And that's versatility. You also just never get comfortable doing one thing, right? You don't get, yeah, yeah. Like you don't get to, as Bruce Lee said, you know, I fear not the man who's practiced one or 10,000 kicks one time. I fear the one who's practiced one kick 10,000 times. And so you'll never, become a master at those things when you're you're moving around and although that might be my career um, and that might still be my my potential reality this season I'm excited to do things my way right I think what, what comes as you get older and and you know seeing I was doing it on the field a bit this year is like it's not perfect it's not you know it might not be the exact fundamental or the exact technique that you know, you would have coached it up to, uh, you know, the, the the guy starting out, but the job is done and the job is done damn well, right? And I yeah. think that's just the the attitude that I'm taking in with it. Like, for example, people have always said, Kobe, you play too high, right? Like, or I train high and then I play a little bit too high. Well, it's year nine. I'm not getting lower now. You're not getting low in the year nine. <laughs> yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so guess what? Let's just train this way. Let's breathe this way. And let's just maximize who Brandon Copeland is, right? I've always wanted a six-pack. Never had a six-pack. Most I can get is a four-pack. I'm going to go ahead and get that four-pack, try to get that four and a half. But however, right, like, it is what it is. This is me. This is my body. I'm still going to run through your face if you try me. Right. And that's all that matters. And so I think that that's Marshawn. Exactly. And I, I think that that's the thing that I'm finally excited for. I'm excited for that opportunity to get on that field again, because last year I was just having so much fun, man. I was having yeah. so much fun playing, leading the guys. I know, man. Time. And then now, you know, this year is just let, let's, Let's not just pick up where we left off. Let's take it to another level, even in years, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh and Cope, man, it's been a pleasure. Um, I'm I'm really, I'm really proud of you. I'm I'm excited to see what comes up next. Uh, I know this is a big year for you, and you're gonna have a big year. I, I know it. Appreciate you having me, Kev. All right, folks. That's all we got this week on in the weeds. Uh special shout out to Gus. Uh he takes care of all the video editing behind the scenes. I appreciate you, bro. Um, special thanks to Brandon Copeland for sitting down with me this week. Um, if you're looking to donate to Beyond the Basics, Brandon Copeland's organization, check out the show notes. Please do not forget to take care of that. Um, now, also, don't forget, you can get in the weeds anytime on Spotify, 
Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Rate, share, and subscribe. Peace.